Hi, I'm Cassie, host of the Curiosity Junkie podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button to follow us and receive new episodes each week. If you really enjoy the podcast and you're feeling generous, please hit the donate button. We work hard to create original content and keep the podcast ad-free. Today's guest is a licensed professional counselor and a certified clinical trauma professional. Her goals are to create an environment for women to explore, process their feelings, and heal while growing in self-compassion and self-worth. Please welcome Amber Benziger. Hi, Amber. Welcome to the Curiosity Junkie podcast. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yes, me too. Anxiety is what we're going to be talking about today. And it's something I think I have dealt with all my life. And I would imagine almost every human on this planet deals with it in some way, sometime or another. Absolutely. I think what we don't realize is like anxiety is this inherent thing that we all have. And as much as I feel like that's the first question that anybody ever asked me, like, how do I get rid of it? It's like, you can't get rid of it. We all have it. It's this natural response. I know people don't like that answer, but we have to think about it as it keeps us safe. It's like our body's smoke alarm, right? Like if something happens, we want to be, if we're getting too close to the edge of a cliff, we want our body to notify us like, Hey girl, back up. So, you know, that's, that's like the good part about it. It's when we kind of allow it to over, you know, take and control our life. And we think that everything is a threat is where it gets a little dicey and we need to start taking, you know, a step back and take a look at how to manage it. Yes, absolutely. So for anyone who may not be clear on what anxiety is and some of the, um, some of the symptoms that would I help somebody identify, maybe they're struggling with some anxiety. Yeah. So I think a lot of times, you know, we think of anxiety as those overwhelming negative thoughts, which it definitely can be. I think that's how it manifests for a lot of people. That's how it manifests for me, but it can also come in a very physical way. You can have stomach aches or a lot of headaches or, um, you know, trembling and shaking and not wanting to go in social settings, avoiding. Uh, So it really depends on kind of what triggers your anxiety for what symptoms show up. So it's really important to listen to your body when something doesn't quite feel right or something's off. Like, what is your body trying to tell you? Is it more about the triggers or is there, are there different kinds of anxiety? Yeah, so there, there are. Um, so again, everybody has, you know, anxiety. It's what kind of keeps us safe. But then there are different anxiety disorders, which you see like generalized anxiety, which is very common where you're just like that overwhelming, anxious, like negative feeling. Um, then there's like social anxiety where maybe you're afraid of doing public speaking type things or going to parties or social settings. Uh, then there's panic disorder where you're getting a lot of those physical symptoms where it could feel like, Oh my gosh, am I having a heart attack? Like I can't breathe. Um, so there's that, then there's tons of different phobias, you know, arachnophobia where we're afraid of, um, spiders or afraid of heights or things like that. So those type of phobias are considered under the anxiety umbrella. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, obsessive compulsive disorder. So yeah, anxiety, you know, shows up in many forms if we want to use that umbrella term. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's a much broader topic than just having uh, like panic attacks or what I consider anxiety, what I've lived with is just like on high alert 24 seven, 
you're just like, and you feel like you're kind of running. I got to stay ahead of it, whatever it is, but yeah. I got to stay ahead of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like your brain is like telling you like there's something wrong. I'm like that hypervigilance. Yeah. That's definitely anxiety. Um, and that's, like I said, that's how it shows up for you and, but it might not show up like that for other people. So yeah, it's definitely um, more encompassing, I think, than people think. But I think when we talk about anxiety in that like general term, we're we're mostly talking about that like um, overwhelming, ruminating thoughts, you know, like how can we shut that down? I think that's what a lot of people think about. And that's what a lot of people face. And they might not even know that that's anxiety. Because there is that difference between like anxiety attack and panic attack. I think people kind of use them um, interchangeably. Right. But there is a little bit of a difference. Okay. Um, so like, what's the main difference there? So, yeah, so the main difference is anxiety attack is really when we're in our head, right? It's where kind of like that hypervigilance of like something's wrong, but like, we don't know what it is. And it's, it's just like a uh, very overwhelming um, and it's very um, like negative in nature and just kind of like that attacking where panic attack is like always physical in nature. It's where it could kind of just come out of the blue. It like hits us very quickly. Um, and we feel like those chest pains or we can't breathe. Um, so it's always very physical in nature where anxiety attack is usually brought on by some type of trigger. Like maybe your boss is like, we have to have a meeting at two o'clock and doesn't tell you what it is about. And you're just like thinking about it over and over again. Right. But once the meeting is over, the anxiety attack kind of goes away. Like you're not thinking about that where panic attack is like very physical. Mm, okay. Okay. Yes. I can relate to both of those. <laughs> and it's great that you brought up work because I think that's where most of us kind of end up generating anxiety that stays with us probably all, all day. We're either thinking about what can go wrong at work, what we have to do by the end of the day, da, 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 da. It just kind of builds. So I, I would, yeah. that's where most people experience it. Absolutely. I think work stress is a big one, like just, you know, work stress, relationship stress that kind of just builds upon each other. And then it just becomes, yeah, this is like overwhelming thing. Uh, And especially as human beings, and when it comes to anxiety, we like to be in control, right? And at work, it can be very difficult because we're dealing with so many different people and personalities and bosses and management. So that can be stressful because we can't control it. What are they thinking? Or what are they going to say? That can be very anxiety provoking. Yeah. Okay. Control. I hadn't even thought about that, but I would imagine that is a big piece of, we tend to want to control everything in our world and we can't, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. impossible. We don't control other people. We aren't really in control of most situations. (laughs) Right. So yeah, we want that certainty. We want that control all the time. And I think especially in 2020 taught us like, did we have a lot of control? Like, not yeah. really. <laughs> right. So I think it's like, really, I, I feel like I have to constantly ask myself, like, I'm a mom, and I own a few businesses. So it's like, what do I have control over? Like, what can I what can I really control and how I can what I control is how I show up and how I react to something, right? Like, I can't, even as much as I would like to control my five year old, like, I can't, he's a mind of his own, he's gonna do what he wants to do. So it's kind of like, well, what can I do? I can support him. I can guide him. Like, what do I have control over to kind of calm my nerves and my anxiety when I'm in certain situations? Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit to what, what are some things we can do to, because I know we can't eliminate anxiety. It's just going to happen. But 
maybe help us understand how can we start identifying we're being triggered because it doesn't, you don't just go, oh, I'm anxious. Let me turn that off. It, it doesn't happen like that. <laughs> I know it's quite a process. So help us with a, a little bit of a process there. Yeah, absolutely. So I always say it's, we want to move through it. We don't want to run from it. I think that's the biggest thing. When it comes to feeling uncomfortable or overwhelmed, our initial response is like avoid, like let's get out of there, right? Or let's like distract. That sounds good in theory, but long-term or even pretty short-term, it's going to come back. Mm -hmm. Either you're going to be more anxious because like it didn't go away, right? Or it's going to show up in a different form. Like you're going to feel sick. You're going to have a headache. So it's going to come out. So I would say like, don't avoid it. Really get curious adopting that curiosity mindset when you have anxiety is going to be so pivotal and changing because it's really like asking yourself like what's up what's going on and 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 identifying it kind of like you said like this is my anxiety like it's not me right like I'm not crazy or something's wrong with me like no I'm anxious right now so like what's that about because like our feelings they're, they're not always factual but they are clues of like we might need something maybe we're overworking ourselves and we're burnt out so we need to take a step back and that's what's causing us to be anxious maybe we need some connection or maybe we need some space from the people that we're connecting with so really just stepping back and being like hey what's going on and then identify that this is anxiety and then challenging it you know in those situations where oh my gosh is that person talking about me or is my boss going to fire me because he called me into that meeting at two o'clock you know challenging that like is that true have I been doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing yes like usually when we when we stop and we really ask ourselves like we realize that no this is just a, a negative thought that's kind of flooding in so really stopping and taking that moment and challenging it and then reframing it for yourself like you know I'm doing the best that I can I I'm working really hard or you know whatever it is in that situation kind of reframing that negative thought And then I think a really pivotal part that we don't talk about enough is that acceptance piece, which is not always easy, but like accepting that this is the situation. Like, like I said about control, this is what I can control. This is what I can do. Um, You know, we might not like it, right. We might not like that, you know, our child drew on the wall or whatever, but what can I control right in this moment? I can, you know, say like, these are the consequences and you know, this is what's going to happen next. Like that's what I can control. And that's going to really help you um, get in, in front of it. And so that anxiety isn't the leader. Mm, Oh, I like that. And I I do think it's important to kind of realize that it's happening and that it's most likely a story you're telling yourself, creating some unrealistic. So kind of asking that question, is this really happening? Or, you know, what is this about? I like that a lot. And yeah, then- really good. Yeah, like changing that narrative for yourself, right? Because we can go on and on with those negative narratives and we're thinking about things and we're way over here when we're like, it's, is that really true at all? Like where it even started? So really stopping it when you feel it coming on, like you feel that spiral, you feel yourself getting caught up. Be like, hold on a second. This is my anxiety. What's going on? Yes, I, um, I have found that for me, and I don't know about everybody else, anxiety shows up typically in two places, work, anything around work, even, even my podcast, I get some anxiety there too. Um, and then relationships. And I'm mm-hmm. not talking just, you know, like intimate, but family and friendship relationships. Sometimes I can have that I'm overthinking 
about something that isn't even going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially when other people are involved, because then we try to figure out like, well, what are they going to do? What are they thinking? What's gonna... And like that, we can't. So I think it comes back to that acceptance piece of like, okay, I can't control that, but I can ask, yeah. um, you know, try to be more direct and especially when it comes to like work too and family, like having those boundaries for yourself of just, is this true? Is this worth asking? Like, what's my intention here? Um, why, why am I thinking this? Like, how can I just kind of nip this in the bud? Cause I think we, we get scared. We're like, Oh, should we ask or should we say that? But like, what's kind of, I feel like I was outweigh it. Like this feels terrible sitting in it and thinking that this is what they thought versus like asking them, and dealing with whatever comes in that, you know, time. And it's usually not what I think, like 98% of the time, that person wasn't angry or wasn't upset or wasn't thinking what I thought. So like, if you kind of teach yourself, it's really retraining your brain, right? Like training yourself to, you know, not listen to the negativity and, and follow through with that more rational thought. Isn't that interesting that it's almost, are those thoughts almost always go to a negative outcome? Mm-hmm. Why not a positive it's, outcome? <laughs> right. So like, that's like training ourselves. And I think that comes from, I would say like, we have these like core beliefs, right? That's, did you ever see that movie, that Disney movie where they talk about like those core memories or whatever inside out? Yes. <laughs> right. Where it's like, you take these things that happen to you and you hold on to them for like a long time, even if it's like growing up you had like an anxious mom so now you're like wait is that right is, is this true because like you grew up with that or you know if you had a maybe a bad experience with a childhood friend now in adult friendships you could be like questioning like are are people being honest with me so like we take those and we build these core beliefs and then we take them into different situations that might not be true so we have to like retrain ourselves that doesn't always have to default to that negative experience or that negative thought or feeling um i had a conversation with a gal. And she said that the brain is always thinking and pulling past memories because it's trying to protect you 24 Mm seven. It's trying to protect you. It's not always your friend, but it is trying to protect you. We get so mad at it, but it is, it is trying to say like, wait, wait, this could be dangerous. Don't do it. Like, you know, asking somebody if they're mad, don't no, don't ask them, just avoid it. But is that really helpful? Like, is that really true? You know, I think our, our brain has built that safety. It's like that it's anxiety. It's that safety mechanism of like, wait, don't do that. That could be dangerous. That could hurt your feelings. That could upset you. And you don't want to feel those negative feelings. So you mm. avoid them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote down uh, while you were talking, you said, I can't control it, but I can ask. And yes. I like that. If you could just kind of keep that in your head and that when you're starting to feel that, okay, obviously I can't control this because I'm having mm-hmm. these thoughts about da, 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 but I can start asking questions. Oh, I really like that. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah no, you. absolutely. Yeah. Get, not only you can ask like somebody else, but you can also ask yourself, like really get curious. I always say like, that's my, my go-to like, okay, what's going on? Like, what do I need? And usually I've worked myself to, you know, oblivion. And so I need to take a step back because that's when I feel it the most, like everything becomes like anxious or irritable or like frustrating. And I'm like, oh, I know that I need to, you know, take a step back and calm down. Yes. I love that you said, um, you know, get curious because I really think curiosity is like a superpower. If you start questioning things, you, you start learning, you start understanding. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. 
yeah. And you start to build this relationship with yourself and start to trust yourself, right? Because I feel like so many of us don't when we really think about it. We like question everything that we're doing or everything that's going on. So you start to really get this understanding with yourself and like, oh, I'm feeling this, my body's feeling this way. I must need this. Like you have this better connection with yourself. Yes, that's so important. And that's a big piece, I think, of really the self-acceptance. It's that becoming self-aware, self-acceptance, self-love, when you really build a relationship with yourself. It's so important. It's so hard to do. (laughs) It is, especially when you're an anxious person because you second guess everything that you're doing. And, you know, we get that imposter syndrome and all those things start playing in. And it's like, Oh, so like really learning how to like trust yourself and, and your needs and being okay with like, Hey, I need this. And that's okay for me. Yes. And that's hard. Cause a lot of us grow up with, it's about everybody else, not about yourself. And so yeah. you want to put everybody first. And when you try to put yourself first, you go, why does this feel so guilty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes me anxious. <laughs> <laughs> Vicious cycle, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it is. A, I love that you use that word cycle because it really is like you're just kind of moving through it and slowly, be, you know, slowly adopting these changes and these behaviors. And sometimes you will slide back and that's okay. It's just getting right back on, you know what I mean? And learning how to manage it. And as you do it more and more, it becomes, that becomes more of the, the habit. It will become less negative, it will become more positive, you know? So it just mm. take, takes practice. Yes. Yes, it does. So let's talk a little bit about, um, are there any exercises that we can do to kind of help? I know breathing exercises are beneficial. Um, Yeah. Do you have anything you recommend? Yeah. So breathing exercises can be great, but when you're in those like heightened states of panic, I'm always like, stay away because then you're usually like, hyperventilating because you're you're trying to breathe through the panic and it's sometimes it doesn't work so I'm really big proponent of grounding techniques so really just like coming back into yourself and your own body because when you're really like hypervigilant or you're in a panic or a distress or like over overwhelmed you're all over the place right and you're just stuck on that thought so trying to get yourself out of that thought so you can question it so doing things like changing your scenery if you're inside at your desk go outside at work you know changing your scenery using temperature you know go into the bathroom run your hands under some cold water grab an ice cube because then you're going to focus on that like oh that's super cold and you're not going to be thinking about that negative thought right and then you'll be able to be like oh okay let me stop and question it and kind of you'll have more control like sour candies or like fireball candies are really helpful too when you're super anxious again getting you out of your thought cycle and into like oh my god that's really hot or that tastes sour smelling things like uh, essential oils are really great music is really great I have a playlist for all moods like if I'm super anxious if I'm sad and I need to cry it out like because like music is so um, invigorating to our mood right yes yeah, yeah so those funny. are really helpful Yeah. My daughter and I were just talking about music and the power of it and how important it is to, to pay attention. Sometimes if you're just listening and you're not really paying attention to what music you're taking in, it can almost cause you to be depressed. There's a lot of like, what was me music? Yeah. No, it can change your mood completely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So those, those are all great tips. I hope that somebody picks up a couple of those and I'm thinking of, the grounding piece. And as you were describing some of those steps, it's, it's almost like bringing you back to right here and now. Mm-hmm. 
like snap out of your spiral thinking, come back to right here and redirect the thinking basically. Yeah. And then, then you can start going through those steps of like challenging it. Wait a second. What was, what was, was that really true? Like, does that person really hate me or am I going to get fired? And then, you know, reframing it. Cause it's really about that too. Like taking that negative thought and reframing it to something more realistic. Mm. Um, Like, you know, I am trying my best or, you know, I make mistakes, you know, something more realistic and not that negative thought spiral. So being able to do that. So not just using those techniques and then like avoiding it. Okay. Like now I calm down, like, no, then checking back in with yourself and getting curious, but using those techniques to bring you back, right. Like you said, to the here and now to the present. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And I like that you threw in some, like the, the taste thing, you know, mm-hmm. the, the cold with the ice and yeah. those are pretty like, Ooh, okay. Hang on. Yeah. Well, yeah, really. It, Cause it's really about invigorating all of those senses, right? If we can do that, even if you don't have anything, just like going into that, I would say like the happy place, like in your head, if I'm really overwhelmed, I will like picture myself at the beach and I'll think like, what does it sound like? I'll hear the waves. I'll smell the ocean. Like, cause then I'm really connecting with my senses and mm. bringing back my control over my body instead of the anxiety controlling how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful and wonderful. So yeah. are there foods that we eat that can trigger anxieties? Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> so it is a thing. Okay. I mean, there, everybody has different triggers. So if there was like a um, past time where maybe you were eating something and it was like anxious or traumatic moment. If you go back to that, that could, you know, make you think of whatever happened in that moment. But then there's also like caffeine is huge. Mm. I know I love Starbucks and I love my coffee, right. <laughs> but, oh my God. but I, I, <laughs> I know that like, I cannot have like a super large one or I can't have it every day because caffeine is really triggering. Cause if you think about it, it's, it's causing all of those like physical symptoms that anxiety can cause like that, like get up and go that pep. Yes. So if you're super anxious and you have that, it's just ramping it up. So a lot of times um, you will see a decrease in anxiety if you decrease or cut back caffeine. And I know that can be like traumatic to hear for people, but, yeah, all right. <laughs> but yes, that, that can definitely be it. Um, so definitely taking, taking note of like your caffeine intake. Okay. Which yes, makes perfect sense, but I'd never really thought about the connection between those two. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Well, let's talk a little bit about you and how the audience can connect with you. I found you on Instagram and I love the message that you put out. So I, I reached out and said, okay, I got to talk to you <laughs> Yeah, because I love what you're doing. And then I also want to dive into your anxiety lab. I believe that's the name of it. Yeah. The anxiety lab. Yeah. So um, I'm a therapist and I've been doing that for, wow, 10 plus years. Um, And I, yeah, I do have my Instagram and reverse anxiety where I post a lot about anxiety and mental health content. And I'm really open about, you know, my story too. You know, I've struggled with anxiety for a large portion of my life. That's why I'm so passionate about talking about it and helping women um, specifically with anxiety. And during the pandemic, uh, I got cut off from a lot of my coping strategies, like going to the gym and my normal routines and things like that, that were, you know, kind of helping me keep my anxiety in check. And I was like, this is not good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, and my office phone was ringing off the hook 
um, and I wasn't able to, you know, help all the people that I wanted to in my office. It was just me. So I was like, how can I create something where I can connect with women and I can help them work through their anxiety um, and kind of identify their triggers and, and make their own coping toolbox is kind of what I call it. And so I created the anxiety lab um, and it's been a really, it's, it's like my passion project. Um, you know, so it's, I have like a course that I created there. We have a, a closed community there. I bring in experts in the field. So a lot of my therapist friends and coaches will come in and teach workshops. Um, I do a Q and A, so it's just a really cool membership to come and be supported and then really get some tools to help you manage and learn how to cope with your anxiety. Yeah. So how does somebody find that and get connected with it? Cause I think that's a, a great thing to have in place because a lot, there are a lot of people that can't really afford therapy, but having mm-hmm. something specific when you know you're anxious or you're struggling to manage anxiety, what a great opportunity. And I know it's low cost. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the things too, obviously I wish everybody had the ability to get therapy because I love therapy, but it's just not, um, unfortunately it should be. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that it was cost effective. Um, so it's not therapy. It is more of like an educational piece with like a coaching aspect. So I always want to be clear about that, but it is a way, like you said, to really gain some skills and knowledge on how to deal with, uh, manage your anxiety. But you can find more about it at my website, uh, theanxietylab.com. Uh, you can also you know, message me or DM me on my Instagram, Amberverse Anxiety. I love talking about it. So just yes. a good way. Yeah. And I do love that you share your personal story and you talk about going to therapy mm-hmm. a lot on your live. I, I think that's so powerful because there's such a stigmatism, I think, around somebody saying they go to therapy. It doesn't mean you're mm-hmm. crazy. It means you're brave and you're asking for help. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I always say like, let's be proactive instead of reactive. Like we don't always have to go to therapy when we're on fire, right? We can go to therapy just because we're like, hey, I just want to make sure that I'm having somebody to reach out to or some skills or just checking in or um, an hour to talk about myself when I have kids and I'm a therapist. Yes, I, I love that. <laughs> um, so like just having that person that's really there to support you it's, yes. it's such a cool aspect. And I think it's really important as, as therapists and as a helping community to share openly, like I would never ask someone to do something that I wasn't willing to do. So why would I not say that I go to therapy or have been to therapy or whatever it is? So it's, it's really important, I think, for me to talk about that. Absolutely. What, um, what parting message would you have for anyone listening with anxiety? Anything you'd like to leave the audience with? Absolutely. I mean, there is 40 plus million people that have like just a diagnosed anxiety disorder. So think about how many people are struggling with anxiety. So if you feel anxious, you are not alone, Um, but you can manage it. I know sometimes it seems really daunting and like debilitating, but I know that you can do it. So reach out for help and get curious. Mm, I love that. And that fits perfectly with my little podcast. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, Amber, it has been such a pleasure learning from you today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Awesome. And to all of you out there, thank you for tuning in, listening, watching, stay safe, stay curious, and I'll see you next week.
If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button to follow us and receive new episodes each week. If you really enjoy the podcast and you're feeling generous, please hit the donate button. We work hard to create original content and keep the podcast ad-free.